Hello. Hello. Hey, can you hear me, Martin? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how, <laughs> how are you? Good and you? Oh, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Getting there. <laughs> oh, let me see. Everything's fine. Hear me? Good. Yeah, everything's all, good. Oh, that's kind of good. How, how's all in Austria? You're in Austria, yeah? I'm in Vienna, yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. How's it? All good with the COVID and all that stuff. Uh, you know, no, it's 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 loosening up a little bit right now, but uh, it's still restricted and and it's an up and down. I don't know, but uh, we have some restrictions still. Um, but they're loosening up mid of next week, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of the same. Kind of things are starting to get a bit kind of easier and tight, loosening up, but you know. I, I don't know what'll happen again, but you know, that's life. That's how it is. You know, thanks very much for doing this, actually. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. No for problem at all. I, I'm a, yeah, I appreciate it. I have a chance. That's, that's good. I'm sure you're busy, like, so I really appreciate your time, you know. Uh, a very well known microphone in front of you. I know, I know. I didn't. I just thought. I just thought about that when we were doing. It. I was like, "Oh, damn! I'm using an AKG." So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a nice one. It's one of the. So the, I think it's the eighties. I think it's from the eighties. The the U U. I forget what it's called. U-L-X. U-L-X-S. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. B U L. Yeah, yeah. They're quite expensive now. I got it pretty cheap enough back a few about ten or fifteen years ago, but they're quite expensive now. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a historic mic. It's basically there forever in various uh, series or reviews. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's uh, is this um, just looking at it? Uh, I can't see the capture. Which one it's in there? Uh, no, don't worry, it's fine. It's fine. Well, it's, that's just. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's <laughs> how how did you how did you actually get into um making getting into the process of microphones it's a very you know well it's a long history basically you know as many of us uh i uh come from the music industry i was singer songwriter for many many years for about oh. tw- 20 years before i even started to become serious <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so basically my way into the whole thing was uh you know i was making music since i was a child and uh did my first recordings when i was i think 14 or something like that oh, and uh and then i after school i studied uh sound engineering tonmeister as this is called it in in austrian germany uh at the music university in Vienna. and i you know had a studio and uh, uh an agency for artists and of course making music myself uh i think to my late 30s right and uh, was a user of all the microphones and all the rest of the gear of course and uh was always interested in, in all the engineering uh and then later in the later 30 of my life i i rejoined university and, and then got into business and, and got me some uh, degrees in, in, in general management and um, an MBA in the United States and Indiana. Uh, and then 
rather incidentally uh, was caught by AKG in in the nineties, and um, and then I I was there. I was in the, in the music uh, industry uh, since I don't know. Anyway, the last twenty something years, and uh, AKG. Then I was eight years in JBL California, uh, wow. JBL Pro, and then I was sent back because it's all one group, the Harmon Group. I was sent back to Vienna as uh, in the director's board, and uh, was there till two thousand fourteen, really. So sixteen mm-hmm. years with Harmon, wow. and then I was even for a very short period of time with the music group, Midas. Oh, like Berenger, that that group. Yeah, and uh, then founded Austrian Audio when I heard about the closure of AKG uh, in Vienna, and uh, all the engineers, all the R and D team, all the product management, every every creative head in the whole Harman Pro group was let go. I mean, apart from JBL, really, because they closed down AKG headquarters in Vienna, they closed down Soundcraft in London, and in. Uh, uh, um, studio in Zurich. They closed down Crown Amplification in 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 Elkhart. They closed down DBX, uh, BSS, uh, and um, DBX and Lexicon in Salt Lake City. Whoa. So it only remained. Uh, they they said three about thousand people in the pro audio industry. Wow. Um, I thought it's a great opportunity because this team of, of engineers and experience, I mean, you know, you can always can find uh, great engineers, Yeah. but it's not a single engineer. You need the team to work together between mechanically, uh, acoustical engineering, electronic engineering to not make mistakes uh, a new company would make. And so I thought this is an opportunity and I founded 2016 Austrian Audio. And here we are. You know, yeah. Here we are. We are progressing and uh, continuing this, uh, let's say, tradition of, of handcrafted headphones and microphones in Austria, uh, I think pretty successfully the last uh, four years. Yeah, they look they look beautiful. I'm saving up for one, so I'm going to get one eventually. <laughs> so I'll let you know when I get one. It's, it's, it's cool that you're doing with the... You know, because I have a lot of, I have a lot of kind of clones, like U U forty seven clones and that kind of stuff. And while they're good at all, you know that they're they're copying something that's already out. But what you're doing with the polar patterns uh, on the OC eight one eight is it's a great idea that you can just change it afterwards. How did you how did you come up with that idea? Uh, you know, I think that the principle of Austrian audio was we want to. Uh, continue doing traditional stuff. You know, we wanted to make perfect audio. So that's why we worked about one and a half years only to create a new capsule, really, mm-hmm. that is matching, you know, this vintage heritage sound, really, of the old AKGs and, and not the new plastic ones. Yeah. And uh, so we spent a lot of time only on developing new acoustic uh, and we have a patent on the capsule. So this was the main thing. But Austrian Audio was found not to be a Me Too company. We didn't want to, you know, rebuild what we have done in the past. So we thought, you know, what we believe is a significant thing. There is a gap between this vast experienced audio engineers who are doing great stuff since Frank Sinatra and uh, Mm. 
And then there's a big gap and there's the new generation of audio engineers, you know, with electronic music, with uh, uh, vlogging, podcasting, YouTubing. And, and the workflow has changed, you know? I mean, the world mm. has become digital. Do we want to have a digital mic? No, it had to be traditional. We wanted to have a very solid acoustic microphone, but change the workflow. You can, in the post-production, you can influence a lot because sometimes you record in rooms you don't even know beforehand. So why to decide there what part of the room you want to have in the mic? And that was the, the start of the idea. Can't we make that available and you choose later in the mix which part of the room sounds nice or how direct do you want to go to the source? And, and so this idea came up and then we, we, we played around. How can we achieve that? So we gave it two options, really. Either uh, we create a very, very clever uh, plugin and you take both capsules to the outside and then you can really do a lot in the mix down. But also with this, uh, you know, remote Bluetooth dongle where you can basically not uh, select uh, three, four, five different uh, patterns, but you can seamlessly 254 steps uh, by by tuning your own pattern as much as you want. And in a live environment, you know, if you don't want to run on stage or probably in the picture of a, of a pod, uh, sorry, of a, of a broadcast. Uh, you can remote control those patterns, even if the mics are already uh, placed. And so that were the two ideas. And, and then we said, yeah, now we have a, a reason to launch a great new microphone. We didn't want to do just another microphone. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Well, it's a great idea. Uh, when I heard about it first, I was like, whoa, that's kind of that's interesting. It's good that, you know, people are kind of, especially companies, that are new companies and they're developing new ways to do things. How how much goes into listening to the microphone before it goes out to the market? Like you probably put it in anechoic chambers and stuff like that. But like, do do loads of people listen to it, or is it just a select few that listen to it? Uh, let me put it that way. Uh, you mean in the development phase? You, you're yeah. not talking about the finished testing of quality, or no, no, development stage. Um. Of course, we have quite a number of experienced listeners in-house, right? right? So this is the start. And then, of course, we have a so-called alpha testing phase where we do then, uh, I mean, there is a slight advantage uh, for Austrian audio uh, opposite to, let's say, real startups because we have all the connections and we right. have all the contacts uh, from the past. Mm -hmm. So we have a listening panel where we send new stuff out to. Uh, like, you know, we have experienced sound engineers like Adrian Hall, uh, like uh, the whole group around uh, Philip Petty in the United States. Then, of course, in Austria, we have uh, a lot of very experienced uh, engineers in classical music uh, because, you know, Vienna is uh, quite a center of, of, of classical music. Yeah. So we do have uh, an alpha listening panel. And then we collect inputs at a stage where there's still something to manipulate on the final sound or uh, probably also on the workflow. It depends on, you know, at what stage you bring the people in. And then, of course, when the product is finished, we still do beta tests uh, because there's a certain amount of things you can still do at that stage. And, and, and the mic, I mean, the major change really is the new capsule. The new capsule is, is, is just phenomenal because of uh, the build with the ceramic rings. 
it's uh, it's not as as lightweight as those recent plastic capsules you you find in in every large condenser mics and even in the new 414s. But uh, because you need the mass, you need the weight of the capsule that the right. membrane uh, moves and not the whole capsule, right? Okay. And uh, that was the big advantage of the brass capsules in the past. Uh, but the brass had a disadvantage as well because it's an electrical uh, leading material. So you have these moisture things. And when you come from cold to warm and, and you right. have all these things where you had to burn them for half an hour before you could really use them in the studio. <laughs> they sounded great, but they had disadvantages, the change, corrosion and stuff like that. And ceramic is an isolator. So this was the the, the real game changer that we had the same weight as a, as a heavy uh, brass capsule but with a new material that doesn't change over, over decades. So I think that's that's the big, big game changer that we created or recreated the, 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 the real cool heritage sound. And also in a way you can manufacture because, you know, these brass capsules with, I don't know, 18, 20 screws uh, around to, to, to really span the ring, uh, it's a very uh, fragile production uh, and 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 a, a very low yield, and so right. with our ceramic capsules now we can produce in a, in a reasonable way. So um, I think that made a big game changer, and and the sound that comes from the capsule, then of course you need to process it, you need to do the, the circuitry that it that it has a very low hiss noise, that it has uh, you know below nine dB, and uh, uh, you know if you look at our mics. They are unique in, 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 in the class of um, dynamic range right. because they can cover up to 156 uh, dB, right? So you can wow. basically place them in the bass drum or, I don't know, five meters behind a, 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 an airplane engine and they wouldn't uh, distort. So I think these are the two major things. A very, very clean, high dynamic circuitry and, of course, the acoustics. Mm. Wow, that's cool. What what's what's the feeling like when you have the when you have it all done and you've got it ready to go out to market? It's, I'm sure it's nervous, but there's that excitement. It must be like a great feeling because you've created something that you know you've done for so long, and there's a build up, and you know, you know, it's really hard to describe. There are so many feelings. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, is, is uh, excitement. It's also a little bit of, um, you know, yes, we did the best we can, but it is good enough, or uh, you know, and and, uh, and and also where do you position it? Because there are a lot of microphones out there. Uh, again, we are we are making them in Vienna, so we are we're really producing them in house, uh, and uh, the feeling is really when the first baby comes to market, right? It's, yeah. It was very, very, very exciting. And, and of course, you send it to the reviewers and to the Macs and, and, and see what happens. And, and uh, it was really, really exciting when the first reviews came out and the people were just blown away by, you know, putting them next to, uh, I don't know, Neumann TLMs 107s that are double the price or, or mainly even, so they compared it with, with tube mics, which is not a tube mic, you know, it's a condenser mic. Yeah. I mean, we, we know we can make a tube mic and it will happen at a, at a point, but we start up with nothing. So the portfolio has to grow bit by bit, you know, so. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, when, when we really... Where we're put against the the, the the big guys out there. We had a a, a very very exciting uh, shootout in the Nashville uh, in the Blackbird studio, 
it was a blind listening. Right. Uh, and we came out really between one and three all the time. And there were, uh, you know, I mean, the mic clock are there. You can imagine. Yeah, oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a little good. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was another shootout in the Miloco studios in London. Uh, again, you know, we turned out really, really at the front end. And, and, and so we said, okay, we made something right. And uh, we're continuing now. I mean, there will be really a lot of new stuff coming this year. So it will be yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah, that's good. And you do headphones as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing uh, headphones. Uh, I mean, two of them are on the market. These are for recording purposes, really, because they're closed back. Yeah. And uh, so they don't spill into the mic. So it's more for the recording room. And it's uh, also made in Vienna. It's, uh, and again, you know, we thought, okay, a headphone is a headphone is a headphone is a headphone, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, no, it's not because, uh, you know, when you, when you are designing something that, that should last, that should be a tool, um, you need to, you need to consider a lot of different factors. I mean, one is the sound, of course. But there is so much more like to the comfy of a headphone. You can wear it for hours and hours and it doesn't yeah. get really bothering and and the clamp forces and 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 the even the cushions. And you know, we have a lot of uh, let's say experiences from the past where even the headband must not put any pressure on the top of your head because there are physiognomic reasons. I mean, it really goes back when we were baby childs because you were you are born with two halves of your head, you know, because yeah. they grow together later. And if you put some pressure exactly where they grow together, you have always a headache. So that's ah. what a lot of headphones don't even consider. So, you know, small little things like that. So the Hikes 55, which is an over-ear, closed back. It's on the market, very precise, very analytic. And it's really polarizing the world. I mean, we have a lot of huge fans because they're extremely telling yeah <laughs> but they are not easy listening headphones not at all because that's not what they're made for you know they're linear they're analytic but they don't smoothen the sound that's not what they are there for um the 50 is an on-ear version of the same thing rugged uh, you know no plastic on all the headphones it's all metal hinge bars all metal headbands it's all very rugged but foldable and uh they are on ears, you know, I mean, probably for uh, front of house or DJ or where you have to move the headphone off and on quickly. Um, and um, it's really fantastic. I, I love it. Uh, I really use it uh, in my studio already. Yeah. Um, so it is, this is the open sound, uh, more airy, uh, the transients, uh, extremely nice. But of course, they're not for the recording room because they're open bags, so you, they spill into the mics. They are, they are for mixing and mastering uh, or dedicated for mixing and mastering. You can use them on the go, but you wouldn't use an open back headphone on the go, I guess. Yeah. Um, even other stuff is coming over the next three months. Two more headphones. Great. I'm wearing one of them. Oh, you haven't seen it. oh cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sneak peek there. How, how does... Um, Sneak, Sneak peek there. How does um, you 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 compose music? So do you when you're designing stuff? Do you compose it with uh, in mind of the way you write music, or is it do you have to be more concerned with a, a bigger scope of the public? You mean my own music? Yeah, 
Do you when you when you design things? Do you do you think in terms of your own music or is this? Yeah, my own music. It's, yeah, you know, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm writing songs. You know, I'm not a composer. I'm. I'm a songwriter, and and. Uh, um, you know, frankly, my music always supports the lyrics because I think uh, a lot of musicians, including myself, uh, are considerate people and have something to say or want to express something. Yeah. So, uh, and and I'm I'm not doing music for other people, really. I'm doing music because I think it's cool and I like what I do, and it needs to be catching somehow because uh, I want them to listen. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes might be disturbing, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always say that, um, I said it to someone before, you know, like I, I, people write music for themselves and people said that's kind of a quite a selfish thing. But I think every person who writes music, they write it for themselves first because if you try and write music for other people, you're going to do something that's not really you. And... You know, I I find that that you just got to stay true to yourself in that kind of aspect. Do you do you find it the same way? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, a if you, I mean, a it wouldn't be your own language. True. Yeah, it wouldn't be your own your own statement. If you if you if you try to do music for somebody else or because you think it's the right trend you want to catch or whatever, I think you're not authentic. Yeah. And if you don't make music authentic, what else should be authentic? You know, music needs to be authentic. And and by the way, it's the same with gear. You know, if 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 you're not trying to create something you desire, you want to have, you love, or you want to say, I mean, how meaningful could that be? Yeah, that's so true. I mean, you know, saying all of that. We're all musicians and we did things in our past because we were young and needed the money. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I did write when I was, you know, 20, in the 20s, I, I wrote uh, commercials. Right. 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 And that's music for us. Yeah. But that's not what you're doing for your passion. That's what you're doing for your living. Right? Exactly. And, and if, you, if you're writing, you know, the, the music for, uh, again, a commercial or uh, a small part of a film, where where people brief you what they want to express, you will will try to get into their shoes. But uh, I wouldn't call that my own. Yes, of course I compose it, but that's not what I call my music. That's what yeah. I work for somebody, mm. but it's not what I do for for myself. Yeah. Do you do you uh, write music a lot? Do you have much time to write music, or do you put us put time into go? I'm going to write this day or that day, or do you just let it come or yeah, I just I just let it come because I I experienced, you know, if I sit down and say now I need to be creative, most of the time it doesn't work, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, I do set aside time sometimes where I said, you know, if something's there, that's fine, and and you need to have time to be creative because I don't think you can switch, like no. I can't at least, you know, I can't. Um, so. And I must admit, of course, you know, over the last four years, I mean, this was really a tough ride. Uh, uh, you know, Corona didn't help, to be honest, because if you create a new company for the first two years, you only develop because you don't have any products to sell. Mm-hmm. You need to work to mm-hmm. get there. And then so only one year ago, we really started selling products and 
the corona hit us, right? So all the all the cultural industry, all the music industry, all the venues, theaters, uh, rental companies, you know, nobody spends money because they're not making money. And so this is not great with a new company, right. obviously. But uh, I had to work a lot. So the, the creativity of music was kind of limited over the last years. But uh, I'm still doing. So I spent some of my weekends in, in the basement of my house because I have a little studio in there. And Do you, do you, do you, uh, are you record purely digital or any, you know, no tape machines or anything like that? No old school? <laughs> uh, you know what? <laughs> now no, you, you, you got me on the wrong foot because... <laughs> I, you know, when I was uh, in the university becoming a sound engineer, yeah. I mean, we had all the tapes around the necks and slicing them uh, with a razor uh, blade. And uh, and frankly, the analog world uh, to me was much more logical, of course, because I grew up with that. Um, and I still have my 36-channel analog board downstairs you know, which is i don't know three meters wide and, heavy light <laughs> um, and i still have my my uh 24 track uh two inch recorder and and uh, you know i eventually use it but of course and it was very late only i think six years ago uh yeah. i changed over to digital uh so uh you know got me a Mac, got me all the software and tried to get into that stuff. Uh, I hate to mix without fingers, but with a mouse, uh, I'm not still not there. Yeah. I have to learn yeah. a lot. I'm not saying it's bad at all. It gives you a lot of advantages and a lot of options. But I still have my outboard gear there. I still have my racks full of lexicons and DBXs and, and, and all the rest. And... Uh, so I would say I'm a, I'm a hybrid guy, um, trying to become better in digital, but I'm yeah. still not. I, I still have to learn my spores. Yeah, there's there. That's the great thing with gear. It's more tactile. You know, when you're looking at an EQ, you're very conscious of if you're boosting seven K or seven dB. You could boost seven dB on a on an EQ, and it might sound great. But when you look at it on screen, you're like, is that too much? Should I be putting that much? I, we, I don't think we use our ears as much when we're looking at plugins. I think that's probably a, a slight problem with plugins. Yeah, and something else, to be honest, because, you know, I can't afford to buy me a, a huge, large digital recording desk yeah, for several hundred thousands. So, of course, you have the... The, the, the smaller stuff where you have to flip through pages and, and, and you know, yes, they're created greatly, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, they're becoming better and better. But I know when I was sitting in front of my huge desk and the snare sound wasn't satisfying, uh, I just had one eye on the, on the channel uh, and I saw what I did. Yeah. I didn't have to flip through the menu, the page and look at the EQ. I saw the parametric EQs, and I knew, okay, I have done already a lot. I shouldn't p tweak it more. Better stand up, go in, and change the mic or change the tuning of the drum, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Or I saw, oh, it's still, you know, straight. It's still um, basically lying through. Yeah. Then I started to play around with it. But it was, for me, it was a, a quicker overview. I, I always had it always in view. 
And so I still have to get used to looking at the sounds instrument by instrument rather than looking at the whole thing. And that's a different workflow for me. Yeah, yeah, you can you can kind of get caught up in the newest plugin and all this because there's so many plugins. I, I like I do find myself I I you know I've I've tons of them and I only use like fab filter and a few things like that. You know, there's only a few you need. I think I think people get caught up in the whole I need this plugin and if I get this plugin, it's going to make it sound great. And it's it's just your ears, really. It's your experience and your ears and. I, that's what I miss. I I I kind of came from that my music thing of like computers. You know, I I've never recorded on on a reel to reel or anything like that. So I'm kind of it's cool. I I love people who came from that world because they have just a completely different perspective of recording than I do. It is different, I must say. And you know, I'm again not saying everything has turned worse or better. Yeah, I think it's different work. Mm. And and what I did like, to be honest, <laughs> and I must say, I I I have to get used to that still. Uh, when 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 we were recording, you know, in our younger days, and 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 of course, reel to reel, and and you just had at that day sixteen tracks, and that was a luxury, you know. Yeah. And, and later it was twenty four, but now you have hundreds, and. Uh, so people today are used to, well, let's play another uh, version. Let's play another version. And then you sit and which one was the better one? And you switch around tracks and oh, we take the guitar from here, the voice from there. This is something I... <laughs> I'm not saying disliking, but actually I prefer to decide at the point, was this a good uh, you know, track or was it not a, a good track? And if it was not, I throw it away and make it again. In the old days, there was no other chance. It just said, okay, you rewind and say, okay, we're deleting the other one, we're making it again. Today, it's almost impossible. And I sometimes look at my files and say, why is this one so heavy on, I don't know, uh, a data? And the other one is just smaller. Yeah, because it has, I don't know, uh, three or four versions of the whole band. Yeah. The other one was a one take. Yeah? But you, I thought I deleted that because I, I said, okay, no, undo the recording and let's start again. But it always keeps all that crap. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to clean up my computer, really. Yeah. Uh, so. I, think, I think humans were better. We, I think we've when we have limitations put on us, we perform better. And I, I think that... that People were, there was a lot more higher players. I mean, there's still great players now, but you had to be a really great player going into a studio now, back back in the day. And now you can kind of fix things. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not really into that whole, like, beat detective things and fixing all that stuff. It just, you just lose that kind of essence of it, you know? Yeah, I don't even own Melodyne. I don't either. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I totally. I hate that stuff. I just. I think you can use that stuff as a if you're using it as an effect, like to make something kind of sound a bit odd. Then yeah, purposely. But to fix someone singing, I just don't get the point of it. It just. It makes no sense to me. But yeah. To me either. I, and and honestly, you know, uh, it's a great piece of gear. It's a great piece of software. Don't get me wrong. I mean, what Melodan can do, you know, even now with the. Uh, chords uh, detecting yeah. and adjusting. It's a fantastic, phenomenal technology. I'm just not into that 
A, I don't have the time to sit for hours and hours and fix this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And B, I think it gets a little bit unnatural. And, and, and you know, if I sometimes even leave, uh, you know, a, a track, there is maybe a slight detune or a, he didn't hit one note, but it has so much emotion and feeling in there. Yeah. That it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, if you even listen to like old Beatles records, you know, they're not singing in tune all the time, but it sounds great. It's like, it's, it's, it's what it is. You know, it's great. Uh, is, uh, yeah, if it's far off, you just do it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is, is um, Austrian Audio going to get into designing um, outboard gear and like that? Is that something you're looking into where you're going to stick to microphones and headphones? Not, not at this point. No. Not at this point, you know, I mean, again, as I said before, you know, we are at the beginning of this uh, long and winding road Yeah, <laughs> uh, to stay with music titles. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, we have so much to do in our core business. I mean, we didn't even start live microphones, stage microphones, uh, you know, we didn't even uh, start with... Uh, uh, tube microphones for studio, for example, or uh, f a real focused vocal mic, because uh, 818 is a great multi-purpose mic and it sounds great on, on voices, but it is what it is. It is a great multi-purpose thing that works brilliantly in front of acoustic instruments. It works brilliantly for some voices. Uh, so we, we will definitely look into a, a, a very, very focused Vogue only mic, we will look into tube mics, we will look into stage mics, headphones, you know, there's a lot of space below where we are with 300 euros. So, you know, more the, the what, what shall I call it, a uh, hardwired uh, headphone, you need five or 10 off because you're live recording, you wouldn't buy 300 uh, euro pieces. On the other hand, we, we are also working, to be honest, on, on, on highest end stuff uh, that probably comes in above 1,000 uh, euros. So there's so much to do for us. Yeah. Uh, and we are we are planning to launch one, two, three, four, five, six, and eight. Eight or nine new products this year. Whoa. Wow. That's a lot. Any of them a tube, Mike? No tube mic? No tube mic in these, but uh, small condensers. We haven't even launched any of these. Oh, cool. So, you know, the high class, high class small condensers for string, uh, acoustic guitar, uh, overhead, cymbal. So very, very precise, high end, uh, reproducing low self noise, but again, high dynamic range, uh, small condenser mic will be there. Oh, wow. So... Uh, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of new stuff coming. That's the great thing as a musician. You can just use all your all your microphones. You just get, you're like a kid with all their microphones. It's great. <laughs> like the kid in the candy store. Don't let me into any of the large stores. I, I always spend my money. <laughs> I do like. Do you like? Is have you got gear lust? You know, you see a bit of gear. You're like, oh, I need that gear, and just. I, I have to stop myself from uh, looking at too many magazines and stuff like that or sound on sound because I'm like, oh man, I definitely need that thing. And, you know, there's always that kind of, oh, you, if you have this piece of gear, it's going to make things sound better. And, oh, you know, it's an endless, endless river. Uh, yes, but <laughs> I think with the years you learn 
that uh, it's always the artist uh, that makes the good sound in the end or makes the song good, you know. Look at what was, you know, really good music in the past. It wasn't always recorded perfectly, but yeah, it needs to have the right uh, passion. And I think that's what we want to also recreate with our with our gear. It needs to uh, inspire the passion. And do I need more gear? Yes, of course I need more gear. I need it all. <laughs> uh, but, but in the end of the day, it's a little bit like playing golf with your old clubs and you think the new ones are advertised as, you know, 51 meters more uh, tolerant and, and everything. At the end of the day, if the swing's not good, uh, the gear doesn't matter. And yeah. uh, so I think you need to provide tools that are really good value for money, but offer a great freedom in creativity. And, and, and I think that's where we want to go with Austrian audio, you know, example 818, you know, it just opened up a new box of, of creativity with, with playing with the patterns. I, I think a lot of, you know, let's say aspirational sound engineers probably are not, that firm in the beginning, what can a pattern to do to my sound? Yeah. And then if you play with this plugin and with the two capsules, you suddenly hear things you, you, you think you only can achieve with, with EQing. And you're not, you're just changing the listening space with a capsule. And it sounds differently, you know, you take more from the rare side of the mic and, and suddenly you get, room resonances that make the sound different or right. vice versa, you know? So I think opening up creativity, that's, that's what, that's what I want to achieve with, with our stuff. That's great. Well, they look, they, I, I love the way they look as well. They look, they look brilliant and I'm looking forward to getting one. Um, thanks so much for doing this. I've, I've taken up your time and I don't want to take up too much more. Yeah, really. Th thanks. Great, thank you very much for doing this. I, I'm going to email you when I get the mic and tell you how great it is. <laughs> well, it was really a pleasure talking to you. I hope I didn't talk too much because I tend to talk a lot. <laughs> that, no, I like that. That's good. That's good. It's always good. I, I'm, I'm always, I'm always uh, up for talking. So thank you very much. I really and, appreciate and, and your time. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, and, uh, all the best to you uh, and to your music. Thank you, thank um, you. I'm looking forward to hear something, so always send a link over. I will, I will. You send me your music as well. I want to hear some of that as well. Will do, but it's in German, so I just warn you. It's okay, because it's okay. My, you know, if you want to express yourself in your language, it's always easier than in English. Yeah. Apart from me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Well, thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate your time and have a great day. Good luck with Austrian audio. It's, it's going great. So hope it go, grows more and more and more. Appreciate that, Paul. Thank great. you very much. Thank you very much. Have See a lovely again. day. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. bye.